Uh, hello and welcome back, guys, to another exciting episode today where we had Emo, the CMO of Relay, on. And we obviously record these intros after the episode. And my mind is still processing, Ian. Uh, what a fantastic episode. Yeah, what a really nice guy. He was very chill. Um, it was just a nice sort of... It was just a, a chat, really, wasn't it? Um, and the thing that comes to mind um, after just chatting with him now was the, the overall message was stay humble, stack stats. That's what I took away from it. But he, he really drove home what that means uh, because he, he came across very humble. Um, he's obviously very pro uh, Bitcoin. He's a Bitcoiner through and through. He's been on his own journey into Bitcoin as we all have. But he's he's managed to have this sense of calm about him. And it was a really nice sort of relaxing conversation. Yeah, and I mean I, I would I would sign Stay Humble Stack Sats as well as a theme for the episode. And um also just take people where they are. If they if they're not interested in Bitcoin, okay, don't force it or shove it down their throats. Um start simple. Explain easy things. Uh, don't be a conspiracy nut, which we Bitcoiners tend to be. <laughs> that was also a big one. And yeah, just take a chill pill. I think that was like the the most the most easiest explanation of this episode today. One thing else I took away from from the episode as well was when he was talking about the West and our privilege and the use case for for Bitcoin for people that need it the most um, in other parts of the world that are less privileged than us. Um, so I think that was quite an important message that he put out there as a reminder for people, because we do tend to forget in the West how easily accessible Bitcoin is for us. Um, so that was that was quite a nice little um, thing that he he brought into the conversation. Yeah, I mean, so many so many great gold nuggets, where not, not only from a Bitcoin uh, standpoint, but I think also from a marketing standpoint. Like I work in marketing almost twenty four seven. Sometimes it feels like it. And a lot of the stuff he said is like, oh yeah, that's that's back to the basics, you know, sort of start there and build from it. Um, and some some really fun anecdotes as well. So uh, yeah, a really amazing episode, and uh, definitely have fun listening in, guys. Yeah, enjoy. Hello, guys. This is editing Joel. Just before we get started with the episode, we had some issues in the recording with Emo's audio. You'll hear what I mean in a split second. So I'd recommend to you to not listen to the episode at full volume. I uh, try to fix it as much as I can or could in post. But obviously, if someone is uh, having an issue with the mic or whatever, it's quite hard to do. So don't listen too loud to the episode. Um, but I hope you'll still enjoy it. And I will definitely look for the next time that if we record that we always triple check the audio. We usually do a double check, but... For some reason, something got messed up in the processing. But yeah, enjoy. Hello and welcome back, everyone, to Rabbit Hole Stories. Uh, we got another exciting guest on today and we'll do our intro very, very quickly. My name is Joel. I'm one of the co-hosts. Uh, I just realized, Ian, someone told me I'm more of the creative one, apparently. So I'll go with that title and I'll give it over to my lovely co-host, uh, Ian. What does that make me then? I don't know. You drew the logo, logo and everything and you got the merch on. So to me, you're the creative one and I'm like the tech nerd. <laughs> my name's Ian. Hi, I'm also the, the co-host for Rabbit Hole Stories. Hope everyone's okay. And uh, we've got a guest with us this afternoon, this evening. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself for us, please? Hi, everyone. My name is Imo Babic. Um, I am the CMO at Relay, which is a Bitcoin-only app. 
Um, I am calling from Vienna, Austria, but originally I'm from Slovakia um, and also lived a while in the UK. Nice. W- which part from Slovakia? Uh, I live near the Hungarian border. It's a small town called Kolarovo. It's very, it's tiny. It's like 10,000 people. Um, and then when I was like 18, 19, I moved to the UK and I lived in places like all the shots, Ash, all these little, little sort of uh, towns and, and villages uh, in Surrey. And then I spent a chunk of my, my life in Guildford during uni um, times. I studied there and then moved to London where I was working mainly in agencies, uh, media marketing agencies. So I worked with brands like Xbox and PlayStation and Huawei and Electronic Arts. Um, then I worked for a film studio, Universal Pictures. And then I moved to Austria after I met my wife and we decided to, you know, get serious and start a family. And we thought Vienna would be a, a great option to start. And then we've been living here ever since. Living in Vienna, um, Relay Auto, as far as my knowledge, is a Swiss-based company. So you must be managing quite a lot of people all around the world then. Uh, it is a Swiss-based company, yes, but we're also a fully remote company. So we have, um, obviously, the founders... Uh, Julian and Adam are from Switzerland, um, and our sort of HQ is in Zurich. But um, I think seventy-five percent of the company is outside of Switzerland. So we have people. Um, we have two or three employees in in Austria. We have some some in France. We have some in the UK as well. Um, we had someone in in LA now. They're, they're in, in Portugal. So sort of all of all over the place really. And people always move around. So we, we are digital nomads. Uh, I wish a lot more Bitcoin companies would incorporate that for some reason. Either they're stuck in stuck in the US somewhere <laughs> or it's just like one guy in the basement. <laughs> to, to be honest, most of them are in, in the relevant ones anyways are in the US. Um, and then in Europe, you have uh, you have a handful of ones. But I, I agree. I think every company should be remote, to be honest. Yeah, it makes life easier, doesn't it? It does. And it's just, you know, so, so much more efficiency and you save so much money with not paying, you know, office space and stuff like that. You can work like in your sweatpants most of the day if you don't need like to leave the house or whatever. Funnily enough, I am actually wearing my sweatpants, but I'm not going to show them to you. Me, 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 I'm the same. I'm the same. I have them on already. Uh, I, I, you know, after this, I need to put my kids to sleep. So it's it's... I'll I'll take off my CMO hat and put on my dad hat. Um, do you want to tell us what Relay is and um, how how people can find it and um, a bit more about what it does? Of course, of course, yeah. Uh, so you can find it at uh, Relay dot app uh, is the is the website, but you can also find it in your app stores. Um, Relay is a Bitcoin only app where that allows you to um, basically trade, buy and sell Bitcoin instantly. Uh, we have uh, several payment options, um, so you can do it via bank transfer or using your credit card or debit card, and we're adding uh, future payment options as well. Uh, PayPal is going to be a big one, which hopefully will happen soon. Um, we are, as I mentioned, based in Zurich, but we have employees all over Europe. Um, and yeah, our mission is to to bring Bitcoin to every European. That's pretty much our goal. We have been growing really nicely over the last three years. Now we have around 50,000 users. Um, we have just crossed 100 million lifetime volume. Um, so, you know, we are, by my, by, by my biased estimation, the biggest Bitcoin-only app in Europe. Um, I'm aware of the other ones. They're not our size, or at least yet, and hopefully they won't catch up. 
Yeah, I just wanted to say probably the next one that comes to mind, which is Euro specific, is probably like Infinity or someone like that in the German speaking area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're based in Austria. Um, they're pretty big as well. Yes. Sorry, I, I downloaded the app earlier today and it just, it was just so quick and easy to set up. It was like a couple of minutes and then I was ready to buy some Bitcoin. Um, yeah, it's like so simple um, just to set it up. So I'm, I'm impressed by that. And um, I'm certainly going to look into buying a bit of Bitcoin from you guys very shortly. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. I mean, uh, so you're based in the UK. It's not, um, we currently don't support the British pound yet. That's something that we will definitely um, are looking at as well. But if you are, uh, you know, if you're using euros or Swiss francs, then you should definitely give it a try. Uh, Ian, just get like a Revolut account and you're basically... Yeah, yeah. We, have, we have users from the UK as well and that's what they do. They use Revolut or someone else who can just easily, you know, exchange their pounds to euros. And I mean, the nice thing is um, if you want to, you can even have it no KYC at Relay. I mean, KYC... KYC Lite, if you want to say so. I mean, if, if bad governments want to seize your bank accounts, they probably see who you sent money to. But it's still non-KYC at the end of the day. Exactly. I mean, I mean, our sort of USP compared to some of these other uh, Bitcoin-only companies is that, um, number one, we're non-custodial. So um, when you download the app, it comes with a non-custodial Bitcoin wallet. Uh, we have no control over your or your money at all. Um, it's, it's You have your keys and, um, you know, that's it. Um, we are big believers in, in Bitcoin and what Bitcoin stands for and how Bitcoin companies should operate, in our opinion, is non-custodial. Um, the non-KYC part is also true. Um, if you're buying less than 1,000 euros uh, per month, then you don't need to verify your identity. Um, now, a more pedantic person uh, on, on social media would probably say that, yes, but if I'm buying via my bank account, there's still um, sort of an ID attached to it, which is true. Um, but we do not do any extra verification on top of that. So your your identity is tied to your, your IBAN. That's true. But, you know, it's it's one of the payment options that, that um, we accept. I guess unless you do like cash in by mail or whatever, um, it's almost impossible that if as soon as a bank account is involved, your identity is tied to it. That's just it. Um, or you've got like some middleman who's like doing bank transfers for you. But yeah, for, for anyone who hasn't tried Relay, it, it's really simple. And you even added like Apple and Google Pay now, which makes it um, even simpler. Exactly. That's, that's what we're trying to do. So we... Most of our users are, are Bitcoiners, you know, really down, uh, really deep down the, the rabbit hole. But we we also want to be attractive to newbies. We that's why we focus on lots of education in our marketing as well, and and mainly we want the app to be super simple. So you know, your grandma can also just do it, um, because that's really how how you know mass adoption happens. It needs to be simplified, and. If you if you like look at some of the the really well established exchanges or, or brokers, they are not so simple. Um, you need to go through quite a complicated verification process. You need to register yourself as well with your email address. Then you need to confirm the email address. Then comes the verification that can be simple or quite advanced. Um, then you sort of enter the platform and then you see hundreds of assets. Um, and it you know to to a newcomer that is I have actually heard this from someone who is a total newbie who doesn't doesn't really understand anything about this space at all and she told me like are these other bitcoins and she was referring to other other coins on on one of the exchanges and i said no that's not quite what it is so i think we often forget as bitcoiners and people who sort of um, live in this space and either work or just do it uh, you know as a hobby we don't actually realize just how 
how niche this still is. If you talk to your sort of what I would call normie friends, they really confuse Bitcoin with cryptocurrencies. Um, for them, it's all the same. Uh, it's not because, you know, they, it's just not something that they care about. Um, they might be curious about it, but they never take the time. So if you go to one of these platforms, and then it can be super confusing. And that's what we're trying to do. That's why that's we don't have any other coins apart from Bitcoin because we are Bitcoiners, but it also serves the purpose of being super simple. You cannot go wrong if you want to buy Bitcoin. Uh, you come to us and there's only Bitcoin available. While, let's say, your grandma decides to buy Bitcoin, she goes on Coinbase and she will find Bitcoin Cash. She will think, oh, that's cheaper. Why would I pay, you know, it's now 21K when I can buy Bitcoin Cash? And, and these stories happen all the time. Um, and then, you know, people laugh at, at, these, at these unfortunate people, but it, it happens very often. Yeah, I find that a lot of people, their route into Bitcoin does involve some kind of shitcoinery on the way. Um, they, for, for me, for instance, uh, when I first got started getting into it, um, I just put a bit of money here, a bit of money there. And it wasn't really, I didn't really understand what I was putting my money into. But when, when you've got all these options um, in front of you, it's, it's hard to really see through the noise. And, and when you've got, obviously, yourselves on Relay doing Bitcoin only, that just eliminates that whole process entirely, really, so just to focus on Bitcoin. Exactly, exactly. I mean, uh, you know, we, we can wax lyrically about why Bitcoin only. There's, there's many, many reasons. Um, I think um, my sort of issue with, with other companies that offer all these sorts of assets is that I, I feel there is a little bit of a, of a moral sort of requirement as well to maybe be clear about what the person is getting into when he joins this platform. And then, you know, he is, he is investing his hard-earned cash and you don't even warn them about what is it that they're buying. Um, that is my, my, biggest, my biggest problem with, with exchanges. Um, that's why I'm very proud to work for a Bitcoin-only company. In fact, um, I am one of the employees and we have several of the company that probably would leave Relay if we were to add other coins. Um, and d don't get me wrong, we, we, um, we obviously have to consider these uh, sort of topics as well as a business, but the answer is always no, that it's just, it doesn't make sense. Also, um, you have to believe in something as a company. I believe so. You know, you have to stand for something. That's what people really like. Um, and if you start sort of selling your soul, so to speak, in a... In, in an effort to chase more revenue, where does it stop? Um, does it stop at Ethereum or does it stop at Bork or Bark or whatever this latest coin that I heard of is called? Um, and then what does, that, what does it really mean for the users? Because uh, if you're a platform that, let's say, offers um, stocks and it offers Bitcoin and let's say it offers Ethereum and then hundreds of shitcoins and you, and you really group them all together into one, um, without any differentiation, you're not actually doing the education at the start of telling them that hold on, this is they're not all the same. You know, these things are have different risk associated with them, and they're different projects. Stocks, obviously, that's that's a different story. Then you have Bitcoin, but then you have these shit coins. Can I swear on this podcast? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you can. All you right, can swear. Okay. <laughs> Makes okay, anything yeah, so, easier. I mean, shit coins. I think it's not even a swear word anymore. It's it's just a, it's just a term. But yeah, so like. Really, I think you have a moral obligation as a company to to at least put on a warning label like, by the way, this is super risky compared to Bitcoin or compared to an Apple stock. 
Um, you, you cannot have them at the same level. And lots of companies do that. And that's why, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of them. Um, I have worked for a company that, you know, sort of is now what you would call a shitcoin casino. Um, and you can really see how, how it changes the, the company culture as well. It really goes from um, people who are true believers. At the time when I was there, uh, this was 2000, 2018, it was still a different, very different space to where we are now in 2023. So we have moved on as an industry. But at the time, there wasn't such an aggressive stance of like Bitcoin and shitcoin. It was a cryptocurrency industry, so to speak. You know, like um, obviously there were hardcore Bitcoiners even then. But overall, lots of people were kind of fine working in this industry for all these companies. But I think now, four or five years later, you really see that, okay, there's, there's absolutely zero control and they just list anything. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 it's quite a, a complicated uh, discussion to, to talk about Bitcoin only versus other, other companies. The end of the day if you look where where all of this space comes from i had to smile a bit at your friend saying like are these different bitcoins because technically speaking i mean there was bitcoin then you had like litecoin ethereum they somehow forked out of bitcoin so she was not wrong right um and that's like one of the many theses out there but um to me the main difference is like you if i compare it to regular financial product it's like you got something that is very very close to a commodity in terms of bitcoin I mean, there was no ICO or IPO, depending where you're coming from. Um, no pre-sale took place. All of these things, no really central organization controlling it. Um, and then you just have security-like aspects in like the altcoins and shitcoin land, uh, where just basically a group of programmers can come together, like create 100 million tokens, sell one for $1, and then boom, you've got a $100 million uh, market cap, which is like, Okay, it looks nice on paper, but again, it's a manipulated asset. It's not regulated in all of these things in terms of they're not, uh, there are no control systems in place. Um, and I like, honestly, I like if a company stands for something and um, no pun intended, Casa, um, if you stick to your, your root base of customers as well and don't start expanding into other, other revenue models. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, it's also so. Um, I'm a CMO, and from a marketing point of view, you know, standing for something is just brilliant. It's it's the best message you can put out there, um, because people connect with like-minded people and like-minded companies. And if you if you don't stand for anything, you, you will you you don't have a soul. Nobody will connect with that. People are emotional beings. They like to connect with companies that also sort of show that hey, we're not. Uh, you were not a soulless corporation that you know just thinks about profits all the time. Don't get me wrong; we are a company, and we have to think about profits as well. But we also are, you know, it, it's it's our jobs. Like we do this 10, 12 hours a day. It should be something that we enjoy and something that is close to our heart as well. Not everybody has the luxury to have a job like that. We do. All the people at Relay are Bitcoiners. Even the people who weren't Bitcoiners when they joined are Bitcoiners now. Um, and we do it because we're passionate about the industry, because we're passionate about Bitcoin. And of course, we want the company to succeed as well. And clearly, you're passionate about Bitcoin. So what is your Bitcoin origin story? Uh, my Bitcoin origin story um, is, uh, to be honest, I think it's kind of like pretty much most of the stories that I've heard. Um, I first heard about it uh, when I was in the UK. Must have been like 2012, 13. 
um, and it was just in a pub and, and one of my mates mate was talking about Bitcoin and just thought that's a ridiculous idea. Um, and that was it. How, how, drunk, how drunk were you at the time? <laughs> uh, probably quite a lot. <laughs> um, but in any case, it was just, it's just something I heard about it. So I like my brain has saved down the, the term Bitcoin, but I never looked into it. Um, and I just moved on with my life. And then um, in 2000, 2015, sorry. Oh, what's, yeah, um, 2016, sorry, 2017, I'm, I'm confused. 2017, uh, I was applying for a job. Uh, I wanted to move to a startup world uh, from my sort of media agency uh, years, and I wanted to do the shift. So I started applying for startups, and one of the startups um, that interviewed me was Bitpanda. And I just I, I looked into what they do, and then I sort of really looked into Bitcoin. I was like, oh, okay, I heard about Bitcoin. Now let me see what it actually is. Um, so then I looked, looked, looked it up and it was pretty much instantly that it just clicked for me. I was like, yeah, this is, this is it. Like, this is something serious. And also it already reminded me then, uh, without working industry of the early days of the internet, it felt like this is, this is a, you know, disruptive technology. That's something that's going to change the world. Um, and that was sort of my start, but then I did what everybody else did. So I did put, uh, I invested straight away while getting ready for the interview, I invested into Bitcoin, but I also invested into Litecoin uh, and Ethereum. And and the logic was, well, Bitcoin is there. At the time it was, I don't know, that was late 2017. It was probably like 15, 14K. That was before it went to 20. Um, so I was like, that's quite expensive. Let me just go and, you know, go, go, go down the chart and see what else can I do there. So then I put money into all these other shit coins and, that was kind of my origin story. Then as time progressed and I worked more in the industry, um, I started sort of dropping the shit coins sort of one by one. And the one thing that never changed was Bitcoin. And I started going more and more into Bitcoin, not, not in terms of money, but more in terms of conviction. Um, and I honestly think that, and, and this is something I always say to naysayers as well, there's people who dismiss Bitcoin very easily. And it's, it is impossible for you to understand Bitcoin by looking into it over a few hours. And most people who say, ah, oh, it's a bubble, oh, it's a scam, they have never spent more than maybe, maybe an hour reading about it. So even if you're the smartest person um, and you spend only one hour researching this, it's impossible for you to get it. It's, it cannot happen. I'm convinced of this. It takes years um, to, really, to really be convinced of this. Um, in my opinion, I, I may be wrong and there will be people you know, saying that, no, no, I got it straight away. It wasn't my case. I was I always was very um, intellectually curious about it, but the conviction I have today hasn't been from day one. It was a journey. And I guess you have your your journey throughout your Bitcoin journey. So you have a journey within a journey where um, sometimes you might even struggle with some concepts in the Bitcoin landscape because it's that massive. And I think that's what a lot of people um, overestimate. Like if I see the, the doom and gloomsters, which are economists, and personally, I believe they're more uh, dangerous than like bankers, because um, a banker, at least, you know, his job is to make more money for the people giving him money. Economists sort of have a theory and want to put it out there and convince you of that theory. Um, but Bitcoin is so massive, you can go down all the different rabbit holes, like the human rights aspect, micropayments, if you want to stick back to lightning, um, different layer solutions. You could go into what you guys do, the on and off ramp uh, principle. So it's not just a, an internet coin that 
uh, is mined through a lot of energy, how many people misconceive that as well. Uh, it has very different use cases and sort of a base layer which you can build on top of. Absolutely. I think uh, another thing that it, Bitcoin really does is that it, it, it's, it, it's, um, it changes the way you think about your personal financial situation and how and your relationship with money. I'm, I'm sure most of your listeners and, and probably you guys as well would agree that at least my parents never really taught me about money. Um, you know, they, they really did the best they could with raising me but money was never a topic that I remember them saying, like, this is how you should handle your money. Um, and this is probably something that's different between Europeans and Americans. I think Americans are far more ahead when it comes to personal finance, at, at least that's my opinion, um, compared to Europeans. In Europe, it's a little bit of a taboo. You know, we don't talk about money. We don't talk about other people's salaries because, oh, you know, there will be jealousy. And, and overall, money has always been a topic of, Let's, let's, let's not go there. Let's not discuss this. Um, it's, it's so silly because it is literally the thing that you will do for the rest of your life that you will use pretty much from the moment you, you leave your family home and you have to pay for things by yourself and earn your own money. It starts there and then it lasts until you die. And we're not smart about it. And what Bitcoin really does is that it sort of gives you, it forces you to, to really um, educate yourself but also start looking into how you spend your money. And this thing that it does with changing your time preference, you know, giving up immediate gratification um, and really focus, focusing on the future because you want to stack more sets and, you know, you, you want to see how Bitcoin, when it, you know, when it becomes the reserve currency of the world or whatever you believe in, when the value increases, you know, that you will have more of it. But what it also does, it changes everything else because, it's you look differently at real estate. You look differently at you know leasing a car. You look differently at everything. Do I really need this designer T-shirt, or can I just get uh, you know uh, a T-shirt that is better quality and I can wear it for five, ten years? Most of my clothes, I, I wear them until they're unfixable, um, and then I just get new ones. And like that's that's really how how it is. And there was there was a time where where it wasn't like this. There was a time where I had a credit card and I would be, you know, using it all. This was, ironically, this was in London. London does this to you. But you can't, you can't survive until the end of the month, so you have a credit card to pay for shit you don't need. Um, but in any case, it really changed my life in this sense. Uh, it made me, I think, um, and, and sort of our financial situation of my family that now I manage have made it so much better that I sleep without any worries at night um, because I know that I'm not, you know, I, I don't have a mortgage that I need to pay off for 30 years. I don't have a car that I need to pay off for five years. And, you know, I have nice things, but I'm smart about how I'm getting them. Um, and I also can say no. Often I want to buy things. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm like, oh, I really want this gadget. And then it's, and then, you know, it sort of forces you like, yeah, but I can stack sets for this money. I, I don't need this. Um, that being said, there are some items where I, I really go for the, the hype and then I just buy them, such as, such as the latest Xbox that came out a few years ago. But that, that was a big debate, uh, like internal one. Should I, should I get it or should I stack more sets? And I don't want to see the price and how much would I have now in Bitcoin had I not buy that uh that console but it's worth it yeah it's a constant dilemma for me um should i buy this t-shirt it's really good because before bitcoin i would just be like you i'll just be buying stuff and i had a couple of 
cards as well the whole consumerism side so the newest phone and things like that but now i'm looking at my phone now and it's a sorry state of affairs it really is the camera doesn't even work anymore so scanning the qr code for bitcoin is a bit of a problem so i've got a backup phone that i've pulled out of a drawer somewhere i'd, I'd rather just not buy anything else other than bitcoin at the moment yeah exactly exactly and it just gets healthier habits um and because of that you also get a you know a healthier life I have I have so many people uh, in my in my sort of uh, social circle that stress so much about money, um, and it sort of stems from just really bad habits. Um, we are, to be honest, we are very lucky to be being born and live, you know, in the Western world. We don't have the problems that the rest of the world has. Like we are, we are privileged to be where we are, um, and I and I think. Bitcoin really sort of changes your mind, and that's probably the greatest thing. And and I'm actually um, that, that's the one thing I'm most excited about. And when people ask me about Bitcoin, that's the one thing that I always point out that it it gives you healthy habits. Yes, everything else is true about you know freedom, about about all the benefits that Bitcoin comes with. But this this is the one personal sort of change that will benefit you and the people in your life as well. Yeah, and I guess at the end of the day, um, th that's also the like the, the counter argument to Bitcoin, which I really like. Like, if you, for example, want to spend your bitcoins in a circular economy fashion, you're able to. There are actually already products being built and different protocols on top of the Bitcoin network where you can like exchange it directly for that specific reason. Um, and no one is judging you. Maybe apart from like a very small minority, a very annoying minority, but you can sort of ignore them. Um, talking about some of the laserized people, um, but yeah, even then, like people don't care if they if they tell you something. You're open to do whatever you want with Bitcoin. If that's spending, saving, heck, if that's the way you pay your rent, uh, it doesn't really matter. And I think that's the beauty behind it all. You know, like first of all, you shouldn't listen to people who hate on you of of you know how you decide to to use Bitcoin or not use Bitcoin. Um, I personally think that <coughs> it's 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 important to just be interested in it. And even if you even if you don't buy it, even if you don't buy into it, um, at least know what it is. I, I'm baffled by people who just don't care. And I always think about like, it's like the internet. How can you not care? You know, imagine going back in, you know, 30, 40 years and how can you not care about this? I, I, I remember being a kid uh, when we got our first internet connection. That's how old I am. Um, and it was really like, wow. And you could not say no to that because it was such such a you know a revolutionary concept of having internet. And now it's the same thing with Bitcoin. And I'm I'm baffled that people are just like, ah, it's a bubble. Or you know, they just dismiss it without actually looking into it because they just listen to the narrative that the the uneducated media is pushing, um, or their uneducated friend or or sibling or whatever um without actually looking into it and taking the time and it is honestly i think um it's a, it's a, it's life-changing but also you will probably regret it for the rest of your life if you don't um if you just don't get into bitcoin 
Hey everybody, this is Questioning Bitcoin here. I just want to steal your attention for a second from the episode. It won't take long, I promise. I hope everyone's enjoying the show. We certainly are. It's an interesting conversation this evening. We just wanted to mention the fact that so far, um, obviously this is a new podcast. We are uh, we don't have any sponsors, but you can help us. If you really like our content, please follow us, subscribe, shill us on all the socials that you can, get the noise out there for us. Um, you can follow us on all the platforms, particularly Fountain as well, uh, you, where you can clip uh, your favorite parts of the moments and just share the head out of it for us. That'd be fantastic. Next to that, it also helps to review our podcast, whether you listen in on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, wherever it is. If you could give us a five star review, obviously, uh, we want to go for the best, right? Uh, that'd be really helpful. And um, like Ian said, if you're on Fountain, the clips really help us out it pushes the podcast as well and uh, just to remind you fountain is built on the lightning network so we also support a fantastic product built on bitcoin rails that's it for now thanks and we'll let you get back to the episode as as bitcoiners what can we and what should we be doing to open people's eyes to bitcoin how, how can we um wear bitcoin on our sleeves better so people can um find a safe route and a, and a good route into Bitcoin? Yeah, that, that is a good question. Um, that's something that we at Relay as well um, spend lots of time thinking about. Um, and we put out a lot of content um, and educational content as well, um, which is which is really great. And if you can find, you know, either, either go to our website and find it there, or if you have any other sources, that is always a great way to start. But I would say rather than, you know, sending your friends just the link of like, hey, read this. I would rather say just have a conversation with them and and you need to find the right time as well and don't be annoying you know don't be don't be the guy in the circle of your friends who only talks about bitcoin i think we've all been there um i personally have sort of promised myself that i would just not bring it up anymore um because you want you 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 care for these people in your life so you want them to you know don't miss out what you believe is to be a great opportunity and and really a life-changing technology um and and so you just keep talking about it but i think that's not the best approach i think you need to find the right time of when to do this they need to be the right setting of when to have this conversation for example when you have an evening where you just have a, a friend or a family member and you're having a few drinks or you're having a dinner and that's that's a good way to start and i think the best way is to really bring it down to a personal level forget about the the revolutionary, world-changing ideas, because that sounds like science fiction to a person who's not in this space at all. There is no point talking about, you know, how it's going to replace gold and all these sort of things, uh, how it's going to, even even the whole uh, freedom part, where, you know, it cannot be uh, it cannot be stopped by any government. That That is also something that people in the Western world are just like, I don't, why would I need that? I don't, I don't fear my government. So it, it's, I think it's better to bring it down to a personal, to a personal um, sort of topic. And I always approach it from an investment point of view. I don't really talk about Bitcoin. I talk about you should invest. You should be investing your money. Um, because in my opinion, lots of people actually don't even think about a simple thing like just personal budgeting of like how, what do I do with my money when the salary hits my account? Most people don't have a system. They just, you know, buy whatever they need, 
they they waste on it on takeaway and drinks and, and and designer clothes and the latest phone or whatever pay their rent pay their mortgage but there is no think of all right so should i how much should i save each month there should be a system of how you sort of divide your money and then there should be a system of planning for the future so many people don't plan for the future and i always like to approach it from this angle and then bring bitcoin in because that's that's um i think something that people can really um sort of wrap their head around in an easier way than me starting talking about you know all these amazing things that bitcoin can but maybe won't do we don't know honestly um like yes this is revolutionary technology and everything that um th these big ideas they're all true but they haven't happened yet um especially in the western world they're very difficult to sort of sell this idea of you know um of, of bitcoin being for freedom when people don't feel that their freedoms are in danger at all i think this is a very different conversation if you're somewhere in africa or south america where for example there is terrible inflation i mean inflation has increased in europe but it's not 90 80 percent um and also our governments so far are not looking us up or uh, they're not seizing our assets yet um so it's a very different conversation here compared to if you're in some other parts of the world. So people in the Western world, they don't have these concerns, the, most of them. They really, they trust the government, they trust their banks, they, they know of inflation, but they don't really care that much. So I think it's more important to talk to them about, hey, you should really plan for your retirement or for your kids when they grow up. Um, maybe, you know, taking a 30, 40 year mortgage um, and paying 2,000 euros per month is not the best idea. Maybe you can do something else. Um, this, this is the conversation that I like to have. Um, because the problem with Bitcoin is that you can very easily also sound like a conspiracy theorist, you know. And that's, and that's, that's a very fine line you walk when you, when you talk about Bitcoin of like, all right, am I now being seen by this person as a crazy person? Or have I lost him yet or not? So I, I don't want to go down that route, even though um, often that can happen. And then I, I stop myself like, you know what? I'm not going to talk about this. Let's talk about something else. Um, this to me happens when I talk about CBDCs. Um, that's something that you really then go down to like, oh, shit, you know, the government is out to get you. That's what it sounds like. And it's it's not that... Right, like it's a, it's a it's a possible outcome. It doesn't mean that it will happen, and that's why I don't want to talk about it because for for a person who's not in this space, there's just like I don't see that at all. You know, like I don't see this. I don't see the world the way you see it. I don't have these concerns, um, and that's how people are. People just don't worry about this thing. People also don't worry about inflation as much as we do as Bitcoiners. They complain about it, um, but they don't worry about it from like you know the the money printing what the ecb is doing all these sort of things that, that that's not even on their radar we, we should make this a regular thing yeah we should uh, call out christine lagarde for the bitch she is um <laughs> i had that thought last time but i forgot about it <laughs> also i uh, i have a, a great um social media lead at relay um who, who run who does a fantastic job on twitter um and i told him that you know we we need to be the nice the nice guys so i don't want to hate on any other company um openly as a brand i don't want to hate on any other people um as a brand 
personal opinions should stay personal. Um, but one target that's that's you know is is open to to ridicule is the European Central Bank. Um, so go for it. Have as much fun as you want. Uh, and he really he really took that to heart. Are you guys blocked as well then? Uh, yes, I, I think we are. It's a badge of honor. Yeah, same. You raise an interesting point. It's, it's meeting people where they are when you're when you're bringing uh, Bitcoin into the conversation, and you do get a lot of people who. Um, you can be quite toxic in their approach and they're just repeating sound bites. Um, and all it does is, is put people off. It, it, you, you seem a little bit extreme, a little bit intense. Um, and you're quite uh, right in what you say um, when you start talking about um, taking away our freedoms and things like that. That's not something that we are actually living through in the West currently. Um, we we obviously see see Bitcoin and its potential and what it stands for, but when you're bringing it up at a dinner table, um, you can come across a little bit um, of a conspiracy theorist, like you said. When I first got into Bitcoin, of course, I was all excited about it. It was the new thing for me. The penny dropped, and I just wanted to get the message out there. And the way I was doing that was just doing the things that we were saying we shouldn't do. And I could see it. I could see people switching off. Their eyes were glazing over. And I really had to go away and think, how can I approach this now? And you've got to really meet people where they're at. You know, I mean, we're all passionate about this. Um, you guys have a podcast. I work in the industry. So obviously, I, I would love to talk about it. I would love to talk about all the, as I call it, the science fiction part of Bitcoin as well. But that's, if you come across a little bit heavy, it's like, oof, you know what? I just wanted to have a drink with you, mate. I don't want to talk about this. Uh, can we talk about something else? So that's that's how I approach it um, in any case. Yeah, because we can tend to get lost down our own rabbit hole a little bit because we've, we've spent a long time down there and we've gone down all these different avenues and we fantasize about the future of Bitcoin. And it changes your mindset. It changes your narrative. It changes the way you see the world. But you've got, still got to keep one foot out a little bit into the into the current world we're living in and meet people um where they're at currently yeah exactly and and to be honest uh, i mentioned this before as well we really underestimate just how little um people outside of the the bitcoin sort of uh, environment actually differentiate bitcoin from everything else i actually um i tend not to be a conspiracy theorist and and, and i tend to and want to give everybody the benefit of the doubt and also when it comes to the European Central Bank, they have released lots of articles about Bitcoin, you know, warning about Bitcoin. I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. And I think they're just mixing cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin altogether. They slap the Bitcoin name on it, but that's not really what they write about. And if you, when you really read their, even the latest uh, one that came out a few months ago, their, this blog post, if you really read it, they're not talking about Bitcoin. They're talking about the overall cryptocurrency market. And they have every right, in all honesty, to hate on it and to warn people about it. Because outside of Bitcoin and maybe some projects that are still shitcoins, but there are serious people behind it who have the right intentions, most of them are dog shit that are really there. Unless you get super lucky, most likely you won't and you get ruined and wrecked. And the Europe and the politicians should warn about it. It's the problem is that they don't take the time to actually educate themselves enough to distinguish Bitcoin and the rest. That's the problem. Um, so, and I think us as Bitcoiners, we often forget this and we jump straight to hating, hating on everything. 
Um, and that's something that I think we need to do better as an industry as well. I also liked what Michael Saylor has said. Um, I, I read an interview with him, and he was um, he was asked about you know this whole being being a toxic Bitcoiner or or replying to people in an aggressive way on Twitter, and he said something along the lines of, "Well, if somebody asks a dumb question and you call them out for being dumb and idiots and what a stupid question, then that's how they will judge Bitcoin as well." They will look at like, wow, this was very unpleasant. I don't want to be in this space anymore. But if you come there and be like, you know what? There is no stupid questions. Thanks for asking. Let me explain it to you. Why don't you read this or, you know, jump into my DMs and we can discuss this. That immediately is, a, you know, you're reaching a handout. It's, it's you're being more friendly. And then this person has a positive uh, experience with Bitcoin. We... I, I understand why toxic uh, sort of um, Bitcoiners exist. I, I understand the, the history of it and, you know, everything around it. But I also think that the nuance is missing because some people aren't there, you know, they're not, they don't have bad motives when they're asking certain questions. They also don't have bad motives when they believe in Dogecoin, for example. It's just that they aren't, they aren't educated yet enough. They, they haven't looked into it. they they're just desperate. Like they really are just desperate of getting out of this shithole that our current financial system has dug for everyone. And yes, they would believe that maybe the next shitcoin is going to, to the moon because someone somehow convinced them. And then we need to think about what have they done that they managed to convince them uh, in a way that we have failed so far. So I really think that maybe before you attack someone for being an idiot, take a deep breath. And just assume that the intentions are good. If they prove that the intentions aren't good, then yes, you should you should go hard. But that shouldn't be the first interaction that people sort of experience with this space. And it goes hand in hand with you know whatever conspiracy theory talk you want to bring to the table as well. Like you need to cool it a little bit, get them interested enough, and then sort of it's like an onion. You need to peel it one by one and then they can get to the really hardcore stuff in the end. I, I always see this with um, friends or even people I've, you know, get to meet, like uh, the barista at your coffee shop you spend every morning uh, going in and saying hi or whatever or getting a croissant. Um, and it's always like for a t long time, I used to start off, uh, as you say, those, the, I wouldn't say conspiracy rants, but immediately like, uh, you know, we have 10% inflation. Bitcoin has 1.74 now. In two years, it's going to be, I don't know, 0.8, whatever. I don't know what the inflation will be. Um, and then after a while, I think what you said, actually, like, okay, let's take a step back. If I look at how I got into um, fintech, so like fintech was my avenue into Bitcoin. Um, and it's still a big part of my work. So luckily, I get to see both sides of the story. And uh, in there, I was like, hang on a minute. If someone would have said to me, uh, stop using like your bank account for payments, use like micropayment providers or use Apple Pay and such because it's like 10 times faster. I would have got like, whoa, whoa, mate, <laughs> there's like a, there's a border here, right? I don't want to talk about this shit. Um, but the more you get to approach people at a certain pace and what I really liked about one of your statements previously was like, even if they don't buy Bitcoin. So I also have friends that are very invested in like the DeFi sector. They're convinced of this all. Okay, great. They got their passion, right? I got Bitcoin. They got DeFi. But at least I understand the differences between like proof of stake, proof of work, how different yield products are being created and such. Um, 
that's the effort I appreciate. And that's, I think, one thing we need to do better as uh, Bitcoin enthusiasts, sort of standing there and not just because someone says, oh, my chain is running on proof of stake, um, immediately call it out. Like, let's sit down. Maybe there was some thought into this. Maybe there were some conventions or whatever. Um, and let's listen in what people say. And again, like you said, if they're um, shitcoining or if they're trying to even worse scam people, yeah, sure, we can go in hard. But don't don't go in there with the assumption they're idiots from the get-go. Exactly. It's just it's just not something you would do in a in a day-to-day interaction. If you meet someone on the street, you wouldn't straight away call them out being an idiot because they would ask a, a question. But you do it online, um, and and it just creates a bad image for 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 Bitcoin. I I think. Um, but this is also why sort of relay uh, what, what you were saying, uh, Joel, this is why relay is also super simple because we don't need to, you know, we are, um, we are there for the newbies. Our, our simplicity speaks to the newbies as well. And we don't need to overwhelm them with, you know, so many features, all the things that Bitcoin can do. It's not really needed. We are there like the, the entry point. And then if you want uh, other things, then there's other companies can can do this for you. You know, discover hardware wallets, um, discover Lightning and all these sort of things. But on that note, we will be adding Lightning as well. Um, but for now, we don't have it. Um, and this was something that we also were really discussing. Okay, we want to be attracting newbies as well. Is, for example, Lightning something that newbies really care about? Um, and we came to a conclusion last year when we had this conversation that you know what probably not yet so we don't need to work on this yet but now actually lightning has also evolved a lot and developed a lot and has grown a lot as well and we feel that actually you know what i think newbies very soon will be very much interested in lightning so we better start working on it so later this year we will be working on the implementation and this has also happened because it's 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 a changing narrative it's an evolving narrative um, something that you know is not really um, worth your time as a company yet is doesn't mean that we will never touch it, um, and that's the same with just people's opinion about Bitcoin. As you learn more, you will start needing other things as well. Um, it's 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 how it is. You know, you you at like your, your name, you you start going down the rabbit hole. What about um, you're fa- obviously a family man. Um... What what do you um, and do you do anything in relation to educating your children about uh, Bitcoin? And and if so, what what do you do? So my children are very young, so at this point, um, I don't really do anything. I mean, they they obviously see you know um, the Bitcoin logo of, of whatever I'm wearing or yeah um, the notes that's in the living room and stuff like that. So they ask about what it is, but for four year olds, even the concept of money is like. Yeah, I want to see Bluey. You know, I, it's it's not something that currently is uh, a topic, but it's definitely something that I have promised myself is that there is one thing that I want my teachers, uh, my, my teachers, my, my children to learn from me, is that I want to teach them about money the way my parents didn't, um, because it was a different generation, and also I am now privileged. I consider myself being privileged enough to work in this industry to. To, to be exposed to Bitcoin in a way that I think um, lots of people can't really um, say because it's it's a niche industry still. You know, we are we are not the majority; we are the minority. Um, and I think it's it's a privilege to to be already here. Whether you've done it on purpose or somebody else orange pilled you, it's great that you are here. And I think it's important 
that you use it for, for something good, which is teaching children about money. Uh, and of course, part of this conversation is also Bitcoin. Um, and in any case, the Bitcoin that I have is pretty much for them. You know, I don't intend to, to sell it really. Um, and it's always in my mind that I wonder what, what it's going to be when they're grown-ups, you know, how people think about Bitcoin, how, how will the adoption look when my daughter is 25, um, which is in 20 years, you know, like how, how is going to change? Is, is, is it like literally, you know, uh, a half a Bitcoin, is it gonna, what, what is it gonna get her? Will she ever need to sell it at that point? Um, will fiat exist? And all these sort of questions are very interesting. So I'm stacking sets mainly for my children. Um, but funnily enough, my wife has been orange built quite heavily. And often um, this journey that I was sort of, I was explaining of how I sort of got into Bitcoin and the conviction, there were moments where actually her, her conviction was stronger. And she was like, no, no, we should, we, we should double down on this more. Um, and it's great to, you know, to have a partner who also believes in it. Um, because at the end of the day, as I said, it's family finances as well. And it's important that you don't do something without your partner and without your, your family member knowing about it. Um, and I think that's probably the first step. Like, you know, husbands talk to your wives about it and try to educate them. And wives talk to your husbands or boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever it is. Get the closest person next to you on board. That's how it starts. Because then they can get maybe a sibling or a friend on board. And this is how it grows. Um, and just don't force it if if you see that um, they're, they're not getting it yet, it's fine. They will get it eventually. Usually when the bull market comes, that's when they get it. I was just about to say when the FOMO kicks in. So, Imo, we covered a bit, uh, we covered your story a bit. We covered um, also big beliefs of you um, and in terms of how you see different aspects in uh, Bitcoin. Um, getting back to Relay, what I really like about what you guys do is um, you're very upfront as well. Uh, I've been to uh, the... Uh, was it a meetup or was it an event in August in Switzerland? Uh, it was in Bern. Julian was there. I think it was one of those co-organized events. And he's also very straightforward as saying, we're for beginners. Like, we're not your sophisticated trading OTC, whatever desk for Bitcoin. We're definitely not a geeky um, lightning studio, whatever. We're just here to, like, buy your Bitcoin very simply. Um, what I really like about you guys is um, how simple it is. It's really tap, tap. You enter your details, uh, get a referral code. <laughs> we'll probably paste yours or, or like Relay's code in there. You're going to give us that one for the show notes then. Um, and it's sent out. And depending what kind of bank connections you use, it takes sometimes it takes like two hours or from my end or what do we say, like at least one or two days if you've got like a really slow bank. It, it depends on, on the payment option. So with a credit card, <clears throat> essentially the money is exchanged straight away with a credit card. Um, and then, you know, you will receive your Bitcoin within two hours because we, we are sort of getting it in batches as well. Um, with a bank account, it depends on where you are. Um, so currently we don't support uh, a European IBAN, but this is something that will, um, will be launched uh, probably in February already. So an EU IBAN is coming uh, for those who, who struggle with the bank fees that uh, the banks charge for a Swiss IBAN. So that will be fixed. And if you're using a bank transfer, then yes, it can take several days. Basically, this is the banking system. It's slow. Um, and then once we launch the EU bank account, we will also have instant SEPA. Um, that will probably be in March. Um, 
and then with instant sepa the money is you know the the, the transfer money is instant as well there uh, and then again it takes time to exchange the money which when the money arrives we exchange it and then you get the the, the bitcoin when we sent it to you in batches so because we obviously have lots of users so we sort of getting um the, the bitcoin is being pushed out in batches currently it's every two hours um and it it also there's a reason why it's in two hours um we just don't have the capabilities to do it faster right now but it's something we're working on it used to be four hours every four hours now it's every two hours our goal is to really get down to the moment the money is exchanged the bitcoin also goes there so um that's sort of how it works right now um but it's very fast like really uh even if you don't see your your bitcoin yet the money has been already exchanged and it's already in bitcoin uh, and then if you get lucky with the batch being just executed straight away, then you can get it within a minute. Yeah, and sometimes if you're very lucky, like do it late at night or early in the morning, you get like a one set per byte fee. <laughs> I had that last time. That was perfect. Um, but yeah, you, you keep it very simple. And what I like about the brand messaging is also you um, take that simplicity and you really build on top of education, which is unfortunately not something you see with a lot of Bitcoin companies. Even in the U.S., it often has that kind of um, almost elitist view, you know what I mean? Like that we've uncovered it earlier than you guys and therefore you should do like step one, two, three the way we did it. And what I like about Relay is you do it the other way. You, you take people as they are again and convince them. Um, where do you see where a lot of Bitcoin companies and plebs for that matter could improve? Because sometimes we are very, very bad, especially with like media presence that um, we, tie to be, we tend to be very defensive and aggressive and such. Um, if you could give like three tips out there, what would it be to convince people or to make that step into Bitcoin a bit easier? Um, three, three points. Um, that's a good question. I mean, you can, also do one, you can also do one point, whatever works best for you. Um, as I said before as well, I think it's just to really break down the message to, 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 to simplify it. Bitcoin is very complex. Uh, so find your right audience. Obviously, if you are, let's say, a public speaker, and you go to a, a tech conference, you want to approach it from a tech angle. If you go to just, a, a, let's say, a marketing uh, conference, you always want to adjust the message, but I like to simplify it always uh, as much as possible. Also, with our content at Relay that we create, we always keep it very simple. We always question everything we write as well. Like, how can we dumb it down? You know, um, dumb it down not to insult the audience but it's really is just like everybody should understand this there shouldn't be complex words uh because the thing is that uh and if if you sort of come from a multilingual background or you have traveled you understand that everybody understands english at a different level um so when it comes to english we always make sure that we use the simplest language possible so everybody can understand because there are people who let's say aren't english they might be like yourself, Swiss Austrian, and let's say maybe you consume um, content in English rather than German, um, and maybe German is actually better for you. But for whatever reason, you're doing it in English. We don't want to be throwing like really complex words at you. We want you to to just understand it like a five-year-old would. You know, like everybody should be very simple in their messaging. I think what Bitcoin companies often do is they forget this. They forget that a this is a niche market. Um, you you are talking to everyone as if everybody understands what you're talking about. And it's not the case. So either you know this and then you only are speaking to a small percentage of the larger audience 
or you don't know this, and then you're missing a big, big chunk of the apple, uh, of the of the of the pie, because most people, as I said, they don't have the knowledge. They even even simple financial terms that Bitcoin companies throw around often. It's not something people know, um, and they have like what what is inflation? Even inflation, in my opinion, uh, a regular person probably knows the term, knows probably what it means, but wouldn't know anything else about it. Um, they would probably say, yeah, it is, the price is getting higher, right? Um, that's as far as this goes. And and you would be surprised how some people have even less knowledge. These are people who might have great jobs. He might even have, you know, uh, a degree, but they just, they just, you know, not educated when it comes to money at all. That's a huge problem, in my opinion. And I think companies and content creators should really do a better job of just thinking about everyone as maybe they don't know this. Maybe we need to simplify the message. Fantastic. And that's a great point. Um, before we wrap it up, is there anything you wanted to say um, or mention that we should have asked you that we haven't? No, I think um, I think we covered everything, to be honest. Um, you know, for, for everybody listening, check out Relay. Um, and yeah, I think, uh, Joel, the best thing would be if you would drop your own referral code. If you don't have one, let me know so I can hook you up. And um, you can earn some extra sets every time somebody buys. You know, you get half a percent from the value that they would buy. I mean, I would um, I would probably put Ian's in because like all of my friends already buy through my relay links. Um, and where can people find you on socials? Um, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, it's at EmoBBCS. Um, maybe you can share it with the, with the link as well. And then also on LinkedIn, um, under my name, Imo Babix. Uh, those kind of are the two channels that I use. I don't really have anything else. Um, even LinkedIn, I, I only really use it because I'm a professional and I kind of have to have it. I, I don't like it, but I have to have it. But Twitter is the one where I spend probably more time than it's, it's, it's healthy. Um, so you can find me there. Um, follow me. Follow Relay as well at Relay um, app. And yeah, drop me a DM if you have any questions. Brilliant. That's Relay is um, R-E-L-A-I. Yes. Brilliant. I think it's uh, probably bedtime for your kids. We wish you all the best. Thank you for joining us here at Rabbit Hole Stories. It's been an absolute pleasure. And um, thank you once again. Cheers, guys. It was great to meet you and talk to you. Have a, have a good evening. Take care. You too. Thank you, Imo. Bye-bye.